This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for heart body and mind and today we have a very special interview for you we are interviewing allison who is in enneagram five she's a proud mother of two stellar teenagers and has been married for 23 years and her husband is type 2. Allison graduated summa cum laude with her doctorate in pharmacy in 2002, and she has been trailblazing through that career for quite a while. And then um, in 2014, she um, chose a alternate career, a second career, a different path, and she decided that she needed to use her creativity and self-expression, and she became a fashion stylist. Uh, so through that work, she has helped women change their negative self-perception by helping them feel good in what they wear. Um, what else to say about Allison? She truly is one of a kind. She uh, is joy to talk to. And I know that you guys would really enjoy listening to all of the wisdom that she has to offer fives are truly rare for christy and i and we're just so thrilled to have her on uh, we are putting the information on how to contact allison on our website which is www.enneagramplusyoga.com so please listen and visit and enjoy Allison, welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga. We're so excited to have you. I'm thrilled. And tell us a little bit about your introduction to the Enneagram. So I I was trying to remember before the interview when I first really started digging into it. And I, I don't really remember the... Uh, it was probably four or five years ago. Yeah. And I'm an avid podcast listener. So just random podcasts that I would listen to. Maybe it was, yeah, I think the Enneagram sort of like popular right now. And I think yeah. lots of people were maybe discovering it for the sure. first time and talking about what their number was. And I love a personality test. So I'm like, well, I'll just look into this. Yeah. So as I do, I, I bought a book and was reading. <laughs> yeah, podcasts <laughs> and books. Big shot. I mean, I mean uh, there you go. That's the end of the interview. That's all you need to know. So I bought the book and you know, it just it doesn't occur to me to tell my husband anything, really. Mm. Um and we can get into that in a yeah, minute. Um, yeah, yeah. Because that's a really big deal for me as a five. Um anyway. Withholding knowledge. Oh yes. And I didn't well, it, that's a whole conversation. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, let's do that later. So uh, I get the book and I mean I'm just voraciously reading it. I'm like, Oh my word. I mean, I, you hear people talk about, well, it takes me a while. It took me a while to figure out my number. I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh no, no, no. I mean, I knew just immediately, even Mm -hmm. from the short description, I'm like, Oh, Oh, other people are like this too. I'm not maybe weird. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought about it and I, 
sorry, that's a five thing. I think about it all the time and I read all the resources and I Googled all the things. And so I'd been studying it on my own for about six months and a friend of ours came over one day and she said, have you ever heard about the Enneagram? And my husband was in the room and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. So I just start (laughs) spewing all this information and he looks at me like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, I haven't really told you, but I've been studying this thing for about six months and it's so fascinating. So then she and I are, are in depth talking about it. Well, then he wants to take the test. And I said, you know, you're not supposed to type other people, but I'm pretty sure I have you nailed, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because I need yeah. you to figure it out. So yeah. he did. And he's a two. So a two uh, and a five. I'm like, wow, this is, this is a conundrum sometimes, but um, it's, Even the way I came about learning about it and studying it, I thought this is so typical five behavior and the fact that it didn't even occur to me to tell him. And, you know, the question of withholding. Yeah, it is true. But I don't know that it's withholding Mm -hmm. as much. It's not like I'm being selfish and withholding this information. It's, well, you already know everything I know. So why why would I even engage in conversation about it? Because right. I, I truly feel like, think that most people know what is already in my head. So it would be maybe insulting your intelligence to, you know, bring up a topic or inform you of something I've learned or whatever. It's silly, right. but um, I, I just don't think to share. Sure. And sometimes the withholding can be at an unconscious level. And then sometimes like you're saying, It can be that internal processing Mm -hmm. of a five, whereas a two, like your husband, might need to externally process. I mean, they need to kind of let it out verbally, right? Yes. Right? Yes. And so many times, and this Mm -hmm. is why it's been so helpful in our marriage, because Mm -hmm. we've been married 23 years, and we've been happily married, but... You know, in any relationship, it's the more you know about yourself, the more you can learn about others and be better Mm -hmm. in relationships. So um, we have learned that, you know, by the time I say something to him, I mean, all the parts are worked out. I don't just say something off the cuff. I don't, um, you know, I don't think out loud. I've Mm -hmm. already thought it all the way through. And he has to think out loud. Like he says something and it's, the first time it's come into his head and I'm like how can you possibly think that it's like Allison you know that I will likely change my mind but this is just my first mm-hmm. exploration of this topic is mm-hmm. I'm saying it out loud I'm like okay okay mm-hmm. so it's just knowing those things about each other mm-hmm. that helps us like we just don't even have those discussions anymore because we know yeah that we know the Enneagrams helped you understand one another mm-hmm. and give one another a lot of grace. It sounds yes. like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I um, am going to say that before, um, as I was driving here, I was listening uh, to a podcast that is only about fives because I am <laughs> fascinated with fives and Allison uh, in specifically. So I just want to, and I had to pull over when they were saying <laughs> this so I can freaking type it so I can share it with you. So uh, fives are regarded as alert, insightful, and curious. And at their best, they're visionary pioneers and able to see the world in an entire new way. Isn't that beautiful? It is. I was like, I'm getting goosebumps here. I was like, yes, ma'am. So I just wanted you to know that. Um, So here's my first question for you, Allison. So 
when we think five, knowledge, learning, observation, mm-hmm. intellect, logic, thinking through things. Um, just some of the words that um, resonate with a five. When did you first know you had desired to gain knowledge? Do you remember maybe like a childhood or adolescent memory when you can just peg it like, yeah, that was it. I had to know it and I had to know in depth. You know, okay, so we could go way off on a tangent maybe with nature versus nurture on this. Yes, let's go there. (laughs) Um, I don't. So in full disclosure, I got these questions ahead of time. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about them and rolling them around in my head. And there's the thinking word. I mean, (laughs) I will think something to death. Um, I, I don't really remember a moment. I do remember as a kid, I figured out that I was smart Mm. and I'm like, well, that'll just be my thing. Mm -hmm. Like I can be smart. So that, I don't know if I thought that because I am a five Mm. and I figured out what I was good at and I, Mm -hmm. I liked to think and I liked to be alone and I liked to read and, um, I always wondered why, you know, I didn't always want to be around everybody all the time because I really, even now I live in a world of extroverts in Mm -hmm. my house and most of my friends are extroverts. And again, until I figured out fives and all of our weirdness, Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, it's so irritating to have to re have to refuel all the time and Mm -hmm. constantly be gauging energy constantly which drains you of energy in and of itself because you're having Mm -hmm. to constantly gauge your energy so um so I don't know if there was a moment Mm -hmm. or it it was just that just how you were yeah from the earliest memory yeah well I you know you and I had coffee a couple of weeks ago and um I'm just going to share this story. Uh, You said something along the lines that like my favorite thing, I'm just going to go home and read alone (laughs) in like semi-darkness and like, don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I'm like, you are such a five. I love it. Tell me more. So it just, it's what, it's who you are. Uh It's what, you know, from the get go. And it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, it is beautiful. And you were sharing with us before, we started taping that you have a four wing yes, and you've mentioned that you feel like a bit of a misfit, but the five with a four wing, I think would especially feel that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that, that's something the four feels that's something the five can feel. You tie those two together. Yes. And that's a, that's a big feeling, right? Yes. Yes. And the self conversations that go on Mm -hmm. in the head can, you know, if you're not on the right path with that thinking Mm -hmm. can really do a lot of, harm. So mm-hmm. again, the Enneagram has been very beneficial for me in understanding, mm-hmm. okay, this is this is just who you are. Yeah. yeah. And it's normal. Yeah. And here's how you can be integrated in your best self. Sure. And um yeah, I mean, it's just been a great yeah. learning process. <laughs> Because I got to learn about it. Yes, that's what we're here for. <laughs> All of us to learn. <laughs> and I love that word integration because as a, as a kid, you decided, I am smart. You know, you decided, I am in this head triad long before you knew the mm-hmm. language of the head triad, right? Mm-hmm. And integration with the Enneagram is about saying, yes, you're smart, 
but you can also enter the heart and be emotionally intelligent. And you can also enter the body and be very physical, which is very important Mm -hmm. for a five to kind of be connected to their body. But often they're very disconnected from their body. So what is a physical practice in your life that connects you to your body? Isn't it just something that we're on the Enneagram and Yoga podcast? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I would say yoga has been the primary um, facilitator of getting into my body. Because, again, I didn't know. It's, it's <laughs> until I knew what a five was, I, looking back on it, it's like my head just sort of hovered over the rest mm-hmm. of my body. Mm-hmm. Like it, the, the rest of this just didn't really matter because mm-hmm. it was all up here. Mm-hmm. And when you're disconnected that way, you're not listening to your body. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one of the jobs I had, a coworker of mine said, just trust your gut. I'm like, I don't Where's know that? how to trust my gut. I, I, I yeah. don't know. You know, I would hear that my whole life. Just trust your gut. I don't know how. I don't, I don't, I, I mean, it, I was just speechless and I thought, how can I not trust my gut? This seems like such a normal thing for people to do. And you know, your instincts or your women's intuition. I'm like, I don't have any of that. I mean, I'm just weird. Mm-hmm. So when I learned about the Enneagram and all of this sort of happened at the same time as it tends to do, you know, mm-hmm. I would hear Ian Cron talk about mm-hmm. yoga and it was a good practice for fives. And I thought, well, okay, well, we'll give that a try. Mm-hmm. And it was very uncomfortable to begin because it's really, I mean, I can almost physically feel it coming out of my mind into my mm. body. And, mm. you know, the the tendency in yoga is to revert back up in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Quit yeah. thinking, quit, stop it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been very, very helpful to learn how to listen to my body. And a lot of this can go back to, I've been trying to find a podcast on Enneagram and trauma, Mm. um, which I I would love to just hear and learn about that all day long. Because um, what I've learned through yoga and the Enneagram Mm -hmm. is that I shut off so much of what my body was telling me that I just, I quit listening to it altogether. Mm-hmm. And as I've been sort of scraping off the outside and, and getting in there and trying not to live up in my head so much, I have learned that, guess what? You know what? I do have a gut instinct sometimes. Mm. And looking back on times when I thought I didn't have it, I was like, no, you know what? I did. My gut was telling me this. And I totally just did not even give it any credence at all. Mm. And had I listened, had I known how to listen, it would have been beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. So the Enneagram and yoga both have been tremendous helps in learning how to get into my body and, you know, in, in integration. What, what is what do you call it when you're going towards your healthy number? Your arrow of health yes. or your arrow of yes. integration? Yes. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's eight. And I find when I'm in a healthy place, that's the biggest thing that Mm -hmm. sticks out to me is that I have more gut reactions to something. 
Mm-hmm. And if I speak on behalf of my gut reaction, you know, as I'm parenting or whatever, it feels very foreign to me. Mm-hmm. But it has also been very validating because it turns out that when I've spoken on behalf of my gut reaction, it has been correct. I'm like, well, look mm. at that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's just fascinating how yes. yoga and the Enneagram both have helped me just uncover the gunk that's inside and, you know, be that, a better parent and all, everything. That is fascinating. And, and you're so right that, that five goes to the eight, they become more confident, but they move to that gut triad and their instincts get better. And that happy happens through embodiment. Like mm-hmm. that movement in yoga is releasing trauma from the mm-hmm. body and helping you to get more in touch with that inner place. And that's good it, stuff for it's you. so good. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I would hear people talk about yoga and they'd cry in a pose yeah. and I'm like oh my gosh whatever towards the beginning of my time with yoga and um and also as a five and maybe it's me maybe it's a five maybe it's both but we don't you know we're not super big on touch like I don't need you to touch me mm-hmm. for me to feel loved by you you know mm-hmm. my husband whole other story that's also very interesting (laughs) that's often true for number twos (laughs) so we I was in child's pose and it may have even been your class Mm -hmm. I don't know but it was back pre-covid when you know there was assisting going on and so somebody was stretching my back where like my hips and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you I started crying in yoga it's like Dang it. Like, here we go. Here we go. I mean, there's no explaining to it. It's not like I thought, oh, I feel like I need to cry. Mm -hmm. It's very foreign to me to just cry and not have, not see it coming. Yeah. And that, to what you said, it's the embodiment. And there's, I can't articulate it. But it's just been so powerful in helping me move through and releasing the trauma. And, of course, then I got in my car and I'm Googling trauma in the hips. And, you know, so I go on this whole tangent of studying. But that's where we hold so much of our trauma is in our hips. I'm like, that just sounds so like frou-frou and bizarre. But it's so true. Yeah. The body is the pathway to the heart. I mean, it Mm. really is. And that's why yoga is a beautiful thing. And the Enneagram cannot be the only answer Mm -hmm. because it's inviting you to move to the body. But you've got to find practices like meditation, prayer, Mm -hmm. hiking, mountain biking, yoga, whatever, to move into that body so Mm -hmm. that you can open up into the heart space. And because yoga is combining breathing with movement, it's going to be more powerful than other, you know, more active embodied mm-hmm. practices mm-hmm. so good stuff i would recommend the body keeps the score i'm the name of the author's escaping me but that would be a great Vander book Coke. i have yeah it. Yes. okay you've got it <laughs> you've got it like you said you're working on trauma okay <laughs> bessel von what's his last name you said v- uh der kirk Volder yeah kirk. yeah bessel yeah. von der kirk or yeah something like uh, that it, yeah it's escaping me too it's but, a blue book um the body keeps the score good book um Y'all are killing me softly. So um, (laughs) here's one of the things I love about fives. I think all the fives are lifetime learners. Like you've said so many times, 
I, I got the book. I Googled it. I had to learn about it. I had to read up on it. Like, this is incredible. But sometimes fives can get caught up and they need to know everything instead of knowing where to get the information. So do you ever feel internal pressure of needing to know it all? And if I assume the answer is yes, but I'm going to let you answer. But if the answer is yes, how do you combat it? Because that's that's a heavy load to carry. It is. And for the longest time, had I... Before I read the descriptions of the numbers and I was just reading the the descriptions of each number for, yeah, I would have thought I was a perfectionist, but I'm not at all. Mm -hmm. But where that perfectionism comes out is it's what I, you know, where my identity is and in how, you know, I'm smart. So I should have the answer to everything. Mm -hmm. And it's not even so much that I don't ever want to be wrong, but it's, it's in, I mean, I guess I don't want to be wrong, but I, like as a, for instance, today, mm-hmm. knowing I was coming here, <laughs> like, <laughs> tell us everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading this. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> We've all got I the giggles, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I was going back like, and tell me, maybe most people don't do this, but. I keep a running log in my phone of notes. So if somebody says something on the right, on a podcast, like I pull over so that I can type it in my notes. Um, if I'm reading something or somebody, I mean, it's just, I'm always taking notes so that mm-hmm. I can go back and review them. <laughs> just because. I love that. So today I spent some time reviewing my notes and things that were, have been meaningful to me over the past few years. So, cause I want to be, I want to impart not just knowledge, but wisdom. And that's, I think, I feel like such shortcoming in that. Um, That's what, that's what makes me nervous. Isn't it paradoxical? Because you're probably one of the most well-read, in-depth learning people out there, say in our circle, yet the fear is to come Mm -hmm. off incompetent. The fear is to come off not knowing Mm -hmm. at all and just you know, coming up short where you probably are at 150% on any given day. Yeah. And that's a paradox of a fight. It is. So what I do, you know, I've learned now, whereas before it may have prevented me, you know, text you last minute. I'm so sorry. I can't come today. I was waiting on that text. I was talking, listen, number five, the most elusive number. We are even posting our episodes out of order because fives are so hard to nail. And I was telling Christy, I'm not letting her go. I am not letting her go. She like reconfirmed to me this week to make sure. Do you think two days is okay? Like she's going to feel I'm weird. I probably need to wait a little bit, but I I can't. I got to make sure I'm not letting her go. <laughs> and for our <laughs> listeners, the, the nine, the five, and the four are in the withdrawal section of the yeah. Enneagram. So you, again, the five yes. with the four, yes. you have yeah. the biggest propensity of oh. any personality to yeah. pull away, right? Oh. For sure. We were just, waiting. Uh, it's, well, for, for one, that's how we recharge. Sure. Like yeah. We have to withdraw yeah. in order to to do that I was telling Kat before we started I had this really 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 busy physically and mentally challenging week last week Mm -hmm. and I had to very carefully meticulously plan like I did it intentionally 
in previous years, I didn't do it intentionally. And what would happen is that I would end up literally in the floor crying Mm -hmm. because I I felt that one coming on. That one wasn't Mm -hmm. a surprise, but because I had said I was, I would do too many things. I overextended myself, which to most people probably looking at that schedule, they'd be like, uh, yeah, that wasn't any big deal. But -hmm. for me it was, but now I know that I have to meticulously plan. Mm -hmm. And last week or whenever last week, I guess Mm it's like longer ago Mm -hmm. when we met for coffee, Like, I really wanted to meet with you. Mm-hmm. And I had to make the very conscious decision because I was leaving to go out of town that mm-hmm. night. Yep. And I thought, okay, this is going to take, like, probably empty my drain, yep. my drain, my tank to the yep. bottom. Mm-hmm. But this is worthy of my tank being drained. Mm-hmm. So I will have to shift something else somewhere later in the week if I find, because this is on Tuesday. Yep. I mean, I had a whole week yep. to go. Yep. So if I need to shift something later in the week, then I will. So having the understanding of that mm-hmm. helps us not have to withdraw all the time mm-hmm. to know that I have a way of coping and I have control over mm-hmm. my self, it helps me not feel the constant need to withdraw. Yeah. Because if I didn't have that, yeah. I would be like, oh, I can't meet with Kat today because yeah. like, I just, I don't have it in yeah. me. And uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. so mm-hmm. I was yes. ready for it there. <laughs> but I was but uh-huh. like, she said, yes, I am there for it. <laughs> yep. And it was even early. I'm like, oh my gosh, this, you know, Allison really wants to meet with you. Yeah. If it's like before 10 a.m. It, it, so. was, it was early, early, or early morning coffee. I was like, yeah, I'm there for it. Yeah, she said, yes, I'm doing it. We're doing it. That's awesome. I wonder if any five listeners have ever noticed if they're spending more time in yoga, if they start to move to that eight and have more of the energy of the eight, mm. because eights have a lot of energy. Yeah, You're and, telling me yeah. I have a daughter, a 17-year-old oh. daughter who is an eight. Wow. I unfortunately didn't know the Enneagram (laughs) earlier in her life because, you know, you're not supposed to type kids, but I I could have typed her in the womb had I known (laughs) what an eight was. So, and I've always been sort of envious of, I mean, she just says what she thinks. And for the most part, she's usually right. I mean, she may be off on her delivery, but she's usually right she's bold she's so bold and she doesn't get mired down in drama and she speaks truth and I mean I'm just like oh my gosh and you talk about having a gut instinct um and you know I don't go to my daughter for advice especially when she was younger but if she knows she's aware of something I'm working through Mm -hmm. she will offer her opinion and I'm Mm -hmm. like how are you how do you have that insight like how tell me how so I, I would I long to be more of that eight. And yeah. you know, sometimes I yeah. lean more into it than others. Yeah. But yeah, I think maybe yoga has helped because without getting in your body, because they're at the gut triad, without being in your body, yeah. you yeah. can't lean towards that. You can't yeah. lean towards that energy and also yeah. that voice and that oh, confidence the and energy all that man. the eight has. <laughs> Well, isn't that interesting, too? Your husband's a two. Mm-hmm. You're a five. So that's your arrow of growth, and that's his arrow of stress, and your daughter. And I've seen that happen. We've talked about that on other podcasts where sometimes, you know, kids um, 
or even we gravitate towards partners who have um, our era of health or stress. But mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we're very formed, I think, by mm-hmm. our parents' number. And so your daughter is an eight, and that's your your era of strength and your husband's era of stress. And so she's seen the challenger come out in your husband and she's seen you go to that eight when you're in a place of health. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting, I think, and just something to ponder. Um, So, you know, one of the things that you said we would delve into a little bit more is the withholding of the five. (laughs) And uh, so we call that deadly sin in the language of Enneagram, uh, avarice and avarice is is not the same as greed it's more of a withholding time resources money knowledge or affection in fact i want to make sure and say like fives are not greedy they can be Mm -hmm. very generous people Mm -hmm. it's it's more of ways that they can withdraw and withhold Mm -hmm. and so how do you do that so when i first started learning about the enneagram and that I knew I was a five, but mm-hmm. that was my only holdup because, you know, when you read avarice mm-hmm. and it, it usually translates greedy or hoarding, I'm like, I don't, I'm not greedy. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want your stuff. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Like, take it. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't hoard. But as I learned more about it, I thought, okay, we're talking about thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that I hoard. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Again, until you're aware of it, you know, I didn't know I was doing it, Mm -hmm. but that's why being self-aware is so important Mm -hmm. because once you are aware of the things that maybe are detrimental detrimental to others, you're then able to open up and give more because, you know, for me withholding, I think as fives, or at least for me, like, I don't want to have any needs. I don't. I don't, I'm fiercely independent. I don't want to have to rely on anybody to ask a friend for help is just mm-hmm. terrible. I mean, it's just, ugh. so withholding a lot of times is I'm not going to share with you what I need because I don't want to need you. Mm-hmm. We could unpack that mm-hmm. for a long time, probably. Um, but knowing that my husband wants to know mm-hmm. what I'm thinking because a lot of it too is like why would anybody want to know what's going on up in here mm-hmm. because it's I mean and again like I said everybody already knows what I know so mm-hmm. I don't want to insult your intelligence by telling you something that you already know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that probably speaks to a really dark side of my mm-hmm. uh personality but um I, I think for friends or family members of fives, I mean, I think they're probably very well aware that we, you know, we withdraw, we withhold. Um, it's our safe place. But also know that when we show up in our best selves, like, mm-hmm. we really love you. Because mm-hmm. it takes a lot mm-hmm. to carve out that time mm-hmm. and energy. Mm-hmm. So just know that mm-hmm. when we're not withholding it's it we're being very generous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's beautiful and I, I would say that all people are different all fives are different so some fives you know would want to tell you what they know because they say the talk style for the five is dissertation so some <laughs> fives can just rattle off all that they know you're different than some fives and that can get into the subtypes mm-hmm. I mean the Enneagram mm-hmm. I don't want to get that complicated today, but the Enneagram, you know, is uh, 
much more than just your wings and your air of stress and health. There's subtypes as Mm -hmm. well. And then there's the fact that we're all unique and different. And so that's just like, you know, there's nuances to each person and each type. And so that's just one thing I want to point out is that some of you may hear what uh, Allison's having to say and go, um, that's not me. I mm-hmm. like to tell people what I know, um, as a five and then other fives, uh, maybe like you and, and kind of withhold that. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting mm-hmm. how we're, we're all wired differently, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you've mentioned about being drained and depleted, uh, being around people. And, and I, a lot of us, I think can relate. Um, and you talked about being meticulous, Um, as far as how you recharge. So can you touch on that a little more? What are the ways that you recharge? What are some mindful practices that Mm -hmm. you kind of your go to where you bring your levels back up and where you can do things again at your best, most authentic self? So what's the recipe for that? Um, My couch and Netflix. I love it. (laughs) Do you have a favorite show on Netflix? Yeah. well, let's see. I'm not currently watching new ones. Uh, Tell me the old ones. Schitt's Creek. Of course. Gilmore Girls is my long time forever favorite. Yep. Forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Um, not Netflix, but Apple TV. Ted Lasso. Oh, you know, I mean. Ted. That show just... just... I find myself crying. Yeah. And I have to stop. I get out my phone and I'm pondering again. Okay, what made me cry about this? Because one of the podcasts I listen to is The Next Right Thing. Mm -hmm. And the host of that podcast one time said, pay attention to what makes you cry. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I don't cry a whole lot. So we're going to pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. So I have to pause Ted Lasso and be like, why? What was it about that scene that made me cry? And the thing that I keep coming back to, the things that make me cry are when people are seen yeah. And I think that might have something to do with being a five. Like for mm-hmm. you to understand me and not require something of mm-hmm. me just to love me because I am Allison. Yeah. Is I'm not, I'm not used to that. Yes. And you're four wing as well. You are seen yeah. for who you are mm-hmm. is the needed childhood message of the four. Mm. So to feel seen as this four with a five with a four wing Mm -hmm. who, you know, has felt like a misfit Mm -hmm. to feel seen, that's powerful for you. Mm -hmm. And that may, and I love those words of wisdom, pay attention to what makes you cry. I think we all need to do that. That, That's what's the name of the podcast that you heard that Uh, on? The next right thing. The The next next right right thing. thing. Good words. good. Good words. Wow. That's. That's beautiful. I know. I love it. Can I jump with my next question? Yes. Out of order. It. Usually, Christy and I would kind of go back and forth like a perfect tennis match. Yeah, but you mentioned, yep, but you've mentioned love. So, talk to me. How do you express love? How do you show love? And what ways you feel loved? It's a hard one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like it's vulnerable. Like I'm getting misty eyed, which yeah. y'all, I'm going to drop off this podcast. I'm crying every freaking episode. <laughs> this is so exhausting. <laughs> that so exhausting. Bad. For what? It is so exhausting. <laughs> Pay attention to what makes <laughs> you cry. Att- right? right? <laughs> but, but so it, it is a vulnerable question. So what would you say? 
it's something I struggle with yeah. on how I love. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't feel like I give people what they need and how they need it. Like, I don't feel like I'm a good mother. I don't feel like I'm a good wife because I don't do the things that most mothers and wives do. I mean, and that goes back to, I don't feel like, I feel like a misfit because (laughs) like didn't want to be homeroom mom. Well, what mom doesn't want to be homeroom mom? Every Uh, mom wants to be homeroom mom. (laughs) Never. (laughs) I send in waters and paper towels and then leave me alone. I have a one-year-old, so I'm kind of new to this, but I do not want to be a homeroom mom. No, thank you. (laughs) And I'm a two on the Enneagram, so maybe I'm in a healthy space as a two. (laughs) But keep going. Um, So, Yes, I try to show it when I when I learn about the person I'm, you know, that's meaningful to my neighbors, my husband, my kids, like what makes them feel loved, mm-hmm. which goes to the love languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I try my best to express love for them in the way that I know they want it. Mm-hmm. You know, to give my husband a hug fills his tank for mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. Yeah. where I, I could probably go the rest of my life and never be hugged and probably not think a thing about it. So, you know, if I'm just in my normal Mm -hmm. headspace and not thinking about others, you know, I just default to what, you know, how I feel and what makes me feel good. But knowing that, and my son is a nine, so we're all over the place in our house. So, you know, the temperaments of everybody in my house are different. So knowing what they each need and I mean, I don't excel at it, but I try. If y'all are listening, I really try. Um, (laughs) And then for me, I think it just goes back to I always felt the need to perform. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I mean, that's maybe just a personality thing, not necessarily Uh a five thing. Mm -hmm. But it is nice it to be loved because I just am Yeah, is really and truly what makes me feel loved. So in yoga, I was teaching a class today and um, there's things like mantras and we have an episode on mantras. I Mm -hmm. think you and I talked about it. And one of my favorite mantras is um, in Sanskrit, soham translates to I am. Mm -hmm. And the reason I love it, because you can finish the sentence, but you don't have to. Just I am. Soham. Mm -hmm. So that could be a mantra for you. Mm -hmm. I am. And that's, that's it. That's enough. That in itself is enough. Mm. It's hard to take in. I know. Mm. I'm again misty eyed. It's hard. Mm-hmm. But. Speaking of mantras, and that's a beautiful yeah. one. So hum, I am. It just makes me feel like this gift of being alive. That's so profound yeah. just to be reminded of that. So thank you for that cat. Um, but you know, mantras can be very powerful and we're all different with the mantras that we need. Um, like sometimes I think fours can really need the mantra. I can do hard things. Um, and then for me as a two, sometimes I just need to say I receive love so that I'll actually allow myself Mm. to receive love from others. But for you as a five, what sort of distinct mantra do you need? I haven't figured that out. Yeah. I, I'm i always waiting for the yoga teacher to, like, give us some choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I, they resonate and sometimes uh, yeah, they don't. I, I struggle with that. Mm. Um, the last class I went to, I, 
I think it ended up being I am strong because I've had injuries this year and Mm -hmm. I've lost all strength feels like. So Mm -hmm. that class was horribly hard and I'm having a very hard time walking today. (laughs) And that was maybe three days ago. Mm -hmm. So that one was what it was in that class. And I was also, you know, aware of the the eight wing and the strength of the eight. And I really Mm -hmm. longed to be more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what it was that day. But on any given day, I, I don't, yeah, I don't have a go-to. I need to start a list in my phone. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, some of that eight energy sounds like it's what you need. The, mm-hmm. um, tell us again, your mantra in the class. I'm strong. I'm strong. strong. Yeah. You need to live into that. I have a voice. I'm mm-hmm. strong. Okay. Um, Love languages. You said your husband is um, a two and he uh, loves touch. Mm -hmm. What is your love language? I think it's quality time. Mm -hmm. Don't give me gifts. They clutter my house. Mm -hmm. Like, don't give me something unless you know I Mm -hmm. really want it. I don't need (laughs) words of affirmation. I really don't need you to touch me. Mm -hmm. Um, Acts of service. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. between those two. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> the acts of service will get me because then I feel like I'm obligated to return to a return. favor. Mm. And I'm like, you know, I'll just stick with quality time because then I don't have to give you anything back. <laughs> yeah. Um, which sounds terrible, but I think that's, I mean, a big fear of mine, like just to have any kind of obligation put on me that I don't yeah. willingly take on myself um, scares me. me. Yeah. Mm. Let me ask you my last question. So, um, and can I share with our listeners what I shared with Christy, like how you're not to me very typical five. (laughs) So when we first met and um, I was actually telling my husband first, but then I told Christy, I was like, Allison is a cheetah, but she's (laughs) an albino cheetah. She doesn't have the same whatever dots that all the cheetahs have but she's the same species but she stands <laughs> out so much so what kind of it. misconceptions do you think they are about fives and um what you know kind of what you can share with our listeners like good bad ugly that you you know that you feel misunderstood mistyped mm-hmm. you know i don't really know a lot of other fives. Mm-hmm. Um, can we start a club? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm like, I need to, I need some, I mean, one of my friends is a five and we just high five from a distance. You good? I'm good. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I think for me, mm-hmm. people and not maybe so much right now, but I can be seen as snobby mm-hmm. and it's, this was the message my husband. So we met, we grew up together in the same small town and we despised each other because <laughs> How interesting. he he's a two with a three wing. And mm. I think he was really living hard into that three wing mm. in high school. And so he was, you know, very outgoing, very athletic, very, mm. you know, and I'm like, gosh, he's so cocky. <laughs> and he describes <laughs> I'm like, I just can't stand him. And then he tells me on the flip side, you know, when we, how we ever, why either one of us ever agreed to go on a date with the other, we were set up and we both knew who we were going out with, but whatever. 
I tried to get out of it. He tried to get out <laughs> of, of course it. They wouldn't did. let us get out of it. <laughs> um, but, you know, we were together from that second that our date started until now. But anyway, so <laughs> he tells me, you are such a snob. I'm like, I'm so not a snob. Like, I am the nicest person you will ever meet. Like, I will defend anybody. And it's because... I was shy. I was withdrawn. I was, you know, I don't head. like I. you make me very nervous when, you know, he was two grades ahead of me. And so I'm walking down the hall with my he does this impression of me walking with my books. Oh. And he's like, here <laughs> goes Allison, you know, the snob. And I'm like, I was petrified to walk by y'all because you were just so exuberant and outgoing. And I'm like, just don't look at me. So. I think probably yeah. the aloofness and maybe yeah. like snobbiness, but yeah. well, so you're that. not a snob for sure, <laughs> for sure. Anybody who would think that they need to dig deeper. Yeah. yeah. Tell them that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, sometimes uh, if a five is going to a cocktail party, they're going to be the first one to leave. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, one of the things that is probably good about your marriage is the twos like to move towards and the fives like to move away. So your your husband can teach you to move towards mm-hmm. and you can teach him to learn to withdraw and mm-hmm. to go inward. And that's a gift. But how are you learning to move towards, to stay longer at the party, to stay longer at the book club or whatever mm-hmm. it is. How are you learning that message that the Enneagram is imparting to us is that you don't have to, you know, always move away mm-hmm. or for another number of the Enneagram, it might be, you know, our assertive types uh, moving against, but there's the mm-hmm. moving against, the moving towards and the moving away. And, and a five with a four, they're going to move away. Mm-hmm. But how do you move towards others? My natural tendency will always be to stay home. Like I can, I always, Mm -hmm. like I was looking forward to this today, but I would prefer to stay home. Um, (laughs) I I know, right? But I will say through this growth process, and that has been the Enneagram, it has been yoga, it has been therapy, it has been um, learning how to, express feelings to those around me. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that. So for instance, we're super close to our next door neighbors and, you know, just pop in and out all the time in the past. And, and we love our neighbors dearly, but in the past, my husband would be like, Hey, let's go. I'm like, I'm just gonna stay home. Just gonna stay. I don't not love them. I just need to stay home. Yeah, you need to withdraw like a typical five. So now my same tendency is to say I need to stay home, but I stop. And I'm like, do I really need to stay home? Is it really about recharging and not withdrawing? Right. So if it's yeah. just about withdrawing, I make myself go, and I find. I mean, it's not always that. I mean, sometimes I'm like, yeah, let's go. But if I have that tendency, it's I have to check, okay, am I exhausted? And do I actually need to stay home? Or is it I just want to? Because what I'm learning Mm -hmm. is people need more of me. Yep. I don't understand why they need more of me. 
but and they want I don't I don't get see that's the thing I don't know if this is a five thing or an Allison thing but I don't understand why people would want more of me like Mm -hmm. why like Mm -hmm. why you're fine without me Mm -hmm. so to know and that sometimes I have to be told repeatedly like no we really we really like you add a lot to the event or the conversation we really want you here Mm -hmm. I just have to trust them that that's true Mm -hmm. because relying on my own self I'm like well y'all are just saying that there's no way you could why would you want me Mm -hmm. so I make myself go and I'm all it's always for the better right if it's if I'm going if I'm not making my, what am I trying to say? If I go and I really did need to stay home because I need to recharge, then that's mm-hmm. of detriment. And I, I figure it out pretty quickly and I'll leave if I can, which usually I make a way yeah. <laughs> that I'm able to leave. But if I get there and it's because I didn't want to go just because I was wanting to withdraw, it's always better for me to be there and not at home. So mm-hmm. as I'm having more of those experiences, I'm learning that, okay, this is better for you. You need to go out. I love this. I'm I'm just so excited because I want anybody, especially who is a nine or four or a five, to listen to Allison's wisdom. And that is, you do have wisdom to <laughs> yep. impart. You were yep. saying earlier <laughs> that you struggled with the wisdom piece, but you have so much wisdom to impart. And so she said to pause and to think about whether – You need to recharge because sometimes we all do need to recharge our batteries. Or is this about withdrawing? Mm -hmm. And if it's about withdrawing, try to get up off of the Mm -hmm. couch and know that your presence matters. Allow yourself to be seen. Know that your wisdom matters, that you have something to offer. And there's going to be something that you're going to receive. Mm -hmm. It's just like we feel resistance sometimes to get up and go to our yoga mat. Mm -hmm. But when we do... We fill our cups, right? And for the nine, the four, and the five, you know, often what they need to do is to move towards. Um, Now, there are times when they might need to recharge, and that's that listening to the gut thing. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you're you're learning to listen to your gut, as you've talked about, and to pause and to find that distinction. And and you're making, you're moving towards consciousness. Like, Mm -hmm. before, it was just unconscious. Right. Yes. Beautiful. I love that. Gosh, it is beautiful. So much. I know. And before <laughs> we close, um, I found the list because I have a running note. Okay, good. List in my like phone one. of <laughs> mantras that, and our listeners have heard that um, I went to Christie's workshop on Enneagram and it blew my head off my shoulders until <laughs> I reattached it again. And this is the list that you have offered mm-hmm. at your workshop. So I'm going to read them off okay. to you and then I'm going to text you the list so you can plug it in your phone but um just perhaps listen and see what resonates to you right now so here they go i am enough i care enough i do enough my loved ones are enough i have enough i am safe enough this moment is enough my vulnerability is enough my presence is enough. So mm. for what it's worth, anything in the end, you know, we go through highs and lows and things, mm-hmm. life, life, you know, can get super tricky. So sometimes, 
you know, you resonate with one sometimes with another, but Mm -hmm. that's at least nine that I will text you and you can get you started. There's some options right there. Okay. Yep. Yep. And you're so hum that you offered. I am. I am Mm -hmm. so hum. Yep. Well, this has been a blessing. Allison, thank you you. for all of your wisdom and for your time, which is hard for a five (laughs) to offer. For your energy. energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of these things. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you. Welcome to this meditation for Allison, all Enneagram fives, and the inner five in each one of us. And as we start this meditation, if you're not driving your car and you're able to find a little bit of movement, I encourage you to either find some seated cat-cows or traditional cat-cows. So inhale, we're opening up in the heart space, lifting the gaze, and then exhale, chin comes towards the chest and gaze is towards the navel. And again, you can do this seated or you can do this in a neutral tabletop position but just starting to move with your breath finding your inhale exhale rounding in the spine so inhale opening up that heart space and exhale gazing down towards the belly button just start to find that life force within you That breath, your breathing can be ujjayi breath in through your nose and out through your nose, that ocean-like breath, or you can breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. But I encourage you to stay with the breath throughout this meditation. I've chosen cat-cows because the number five needs to open up in the heart space but also particularly they need to move in their body and engage their body. So cat cows are a way to do both, to open up in the heart space, but also to live in the body. Again, finding the breath. I am thankful for my commitment to lifelong learning and seeking knowledge. But I am also aware of my emotional and spiritual work. I release the false belief that sharing my time, energy, and resources with others will deplete the energy I already have. I recognize my propensity to withhold my knowledge from others and commit to sharing my inner wisdom with others. I embrace mystery and affirm I only see in part and do not have all the answers. I realize I need to engage more fully with my emotions, my body, and the world. I acknowledge my fear of incompetence and recognize in this moment I am enough. I have enough. I am competent enough. I affirm my inner wisdom. 
breath in through the nose. Exhale, letting something go. Namaste, dear friends. Thank you.